if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hire this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going to Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Lonzo. And today, my wonderful guest is the beautiful companion, Amy Taylor. Amy, thank you so much for being on. I'm so happy you came on. You're so beautiful. You're so nice. And I greatly appreciate it. Could you please tell my audience, my listeners about you, how you came into the adult business and um, tell us more about who you are? So, hey, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a real honor and a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm a fan of you as well. So, um, yeah, I'm Amy Taylor. Uh, if you Google me, um, I'm not the Australian soccer player, I guess of greater renown, but um, I uh, have been a companion uh on and off for a couple decades um it's the way I like to live uh and I started when I was first living in Los Angeles in graduate school I had heard of it in college didn't do it quite then but kind of stuck it in a back drawer in my mind somewhere as like wow you can do that and I think that's fairly common a lot of uh people I know found out about it in at university and that's how I did uh first did it when I was in grad school uh I moved to LA I was super broke had had a rich boyfriend, like a lot of pretty girls in their twenties. We broke up. I had massive bills, negative income, right? I was in grad school, uh, found myself lonely in need of money and uh, a little heartbroken. So kind of a perfect time to have sort of casual relationships without needing too much seriousness makes you perfect for companionship. And I was already attracted to slightly older, wealthy, successful men. That's not that rare. I understand a lot of women are not, they like something else, but that was already what I liked. And it was already kind of who liked me. So it was fairly natural. Um, I looked for an agency to work for uh, and nobody would hire me. <laughs> I guess I, uh, I'm i cute, but LA is a next level beauty here. It's a lot of actresses and models and people are very good looking. So mm -hmm. I, I thought at Berkeley before that, that I was like a 10 and I was not by LA standards. So uh, yeah, they flat out told me we're not going to hire you. But one agency owner, she told me, look, you're young enough. You're very smart. You're good looking enough. Not for me. I hire playboy bunnies and actresses, but you're decent. So why don't you do this on your own? You don't need me. And she said, and the thing is, you have a great personality and you're fascinating. And guys are going to really want to take you to like dinners and dates. They're not going to want to like just see you for an hour. Because for you, Amy, it's not about like your looks. It's your, you have a personality that people will pay to spend time with you. And she was right. Mm -hmm. So she told me to look up the site, Eros Guide, which at the time was great and run ethically by a woman in Oakland, California. It's unfortunately now not so ethical and run by Eastern European 
I don't know, some kind of- We don't know who, it's a mystery. It's, yeah, there's shell company after shell company and they're not ethical, they steal. It's probably some kind of organized crime or maybe not, I don't even know. But back then it was run by somebody wonderful who sold it and uh, she was great. And so I figured out, oh, I just need some pictures and a name and a phone and to put up an ad. And so I took my last few bucks and I did. And the first couple guys who saw me, I guess I was naive or lucky, but they were wonderful. It was, you know, dinners at Spago and spa dates at the Bel Air. And these guys kept seeing me for years and it was just dating and I liked them. And yes, they helped me pay for grad school and pay rent. And I was lucky. Uh, then some bad things happened. Um, I got caught up in a sting, unfortunately. He mm-hmm. was very nice until he wasn't. <laughs> and I'll never forgive him because he lied to me and fooled me. And I thought I was meeting a guy that was going to help take care of me and would date me. And instead it was a vice officer who fooled me, got me to like him and then ruined my record forever. And uh, oh, I married, and I wasn't hurting anybody. And he hurt right. me. And uh, nobody was forcing you. The most important nobody, thing, nobody him. forced you to get on there if I didn't like him. And yes, I was broke and young. Everybody's pretty broke when they're young, unless you have a trust fund. Most of us don't, but I really liked him. And he used that to hurt me. And uh, he was wrong and I am right. And my understanding is they don't do that too much, at least in LA and New York anymore. This was in Mm -hmm. Orange County, California. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of lawyers to deal with expungement and all that and still be able to get, you know, pre-check and have a life and become a, a pilot, which I also am. And so I've dealt with it over the last years with lawyers and money, but uh, they wanted me to feel I was some kind of sinful Jezebel and should be sorry. And I am not, I didn't hurt anybody. He was somebody that I would have liked to date. And yes, I would have liked to have helped me out. And that is not a sin and it is not a crime. Right. And I have nothing except being a nice woman to a person who did not deserve it. So Tom, you suck and your department sucks. And I'm not sorry. <laughs> so that was that, but the rest of the guys were great. And, uh, I finished grad school. I got other jobs. I became a pilot. I've always done other stuff on the side, but this is the way I've kept dating because these kind of men liked me and were generous and it was super fun. Um, and, uh, I'm not kid. I don't have kids. I never wanted them. I'm not married. I never wanted that. Um, I like my freedom, but, um, I have clients that have seen me for almost 20 years. Some of the first few clients still see me. And, uh, I spent most of COVID exclusive with one guy, uh, that ended, we live in different places now, but we're still very friendly. And I will, I hope to be friends with him forever, even though this part is over. I forged relationships, which have value to me far beyond this. Uh, and I just think people meet how they meet. And this is not always a, a positive thing for people, but for the most part, for me, it has been. And and the things that have been negative, we'll go into some of the other things, have largely been almost, I'll say all have been because of the way this country treats this industry. None of those would have happened to me if this industry were legitimized and given some some legal and 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 cultural credit. Uh, and we all know now, as more of us get on social media and more of us speak out, that a lot of people in this industry are not bad at all. They're nice people, the workers and the clients. And I utterly reject the notion that every single person in this in this business is some kind of nightmare or bad person. That is just not true. There are some, but there are some in every industry. And the the lack of credence given to this industry makes it worse. It makes it more dangerous. Uh, it makes people have psychological trauma because they're stigmatized for being in it. Um, mm-hmm. And as I head toward my sunset in my mid-40s now, I am pretty determined to speak out because I can and because I'm perhaps so stupid that I refuse to lie and hide. And uh, 
And so um, that's been my trajectory for a couple of decades. And uh, if nothing else, it's been interesting. I'll say that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's interesting that here you are a consenting adult. And then the other parties you were dealing with were consenting adults. And then that's that's something wrong because there's an exchange of money. But who is to really judge when both parties are really consenting and nobody else is? It's nobody's business, I feel like. I mean, the argument is that if the person is, if the, if a client is married, that his other spouse may not have consented, although sometimes she does and doesn't care. Everything, right. And some clients are single. And I mean, I, but then fine, make uh, affairs and adultery a crime. They're not in this country. You would have to probably arrest most people. Right. Um, and then in terms of money, I mean, dating costs money. You think a manicure, right. pedicure and makeup and dry cleaning and valet parking and Uber is free at dinner? things every you can't exist without spending money yeah. so if you're going to be mad at monetization of attention or affection or uh access to people then we're going to have to be mad at capitalism as a whole which you know there are people who are but i mean that's a different discussion right. i think uh the fact that they mostly go after female escorts and they pretty much don't go after men is a fair example that we are mad at women who are able to garner a lot of money we're not that mad when men do Right. That seems maybe a double standard of that men are lauded for being aggressive, powerful, getting money, making something of themselves, conquering the world. That's considered to be okay for men. And when women do it, it's sort of evil and bitchy and we should be sweet and soft and submit and be poor. And I mean, why that is, I guess we already have more sexual market value. So if we also had more power and money, then maybe we would have too much and men would be really upset. I'm not sure women are already getting money and power in this regular world. So it's happening anyway. And, and right. my experience has been that men don't really hate companions. <laughs> they would speak out for us if they were allowed, but right. If they were allowed, if their wife, right. They, I think they're afraid because of like, some of them are married, but you did have a valid point about also, there's a lot of couples hiring companions. Very much. That happens for fun all the time. And many of them, yeah. I've done it with boyfriends. I did it with the, uh, I'm not gay, but for my 30th birthday, I hired two for me and we yeah. locked and I had two girls over and I paid them. They were friends of mine in the industry and they both were like, yeah, we'll do it for free or discount. I was like, no, it's a gift. I give you money. You go buy a new dress or something. And I'm grateful you giving me this experience. And it was super fun. I had a very long, wild night and it was great. And I'm not sorry. And yes, I paid them. <laughs> And do I think I abuse them? I mean, I certainly hope not. I'm still friends with both of them. Both of them are retired, right. doing other things. Uh, so I've been on the other side of this business too. I've been a client. And uh, and once again, I'm not sorry. Uh, but that said, this business, there are problems. It needs to be better and safer. And and for any any tiny piece I can add to the effort to make it safer in this country, as most of the civilized world has already done, if we can get there, then maybe the things that I've been through, some of which are horrific, um, will have been worth worth it in the end. Right, right. Um, speaking of horrific things, it the thing you know, um, I you know, like I shared with you earlier, I heard this rumor and I never believed it about uh, the owner of the TER. For my listeners who don't know what the TER, it's called the Erotic Review and. Um, it's a terrible side, I feel like. Um, it was made to rate um, women, um, well, not women in general, I should say, providers. 
Yeah, and it and it was I I don't think it was a it was more hobbyists are what are known as the patron or the client. And so it became a hobby for very much many people who patron companions in this world. Um, you had, could you tell us a little bit about your experience with this, the site, I should say? So like much that's happened after FOSTA SESTA passed, uh, good job politicians, you tried to shut down everything and all you did was shove it into Romania or wherever. So it's run overseas too probably by organized crime too, who knows? I'm not privy to the inside, but, uh, mm-hmm. but it's run overseas too. They did this with gambling in the 90s. They tried to get rid of it and they just shoved it all to Costa Rica and now it's all back with FanDuel. So this idiotic FOSTA SESTA shoved it overseas and now it's run, it's just as bad, if not worse. But when I started in the early 2000s, a couple decades ago almost now, was in LA, was in grad school. Uh, there was a guy who would run this thing and I didn't know who he was. It started as something called LA Ladies. And I'll give him this. It was software-wise, it was genius. It was a searchable database of companions. The problem for me was the reductionist commoditization and and just general tackiness. I wasn't born with money, but I was born with class. And Mm -hmm. I think it's tacky to reduce companions to just sex acts because I've met enough men to know that this is not about just sex. It's never been. It's about companionship and affection and personalities and men providing for women they care about. Largely women. I understand they're male companions, but let me generalize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this site reduced it to a series of sex acts. You know, do I want this act for this amount of money in this area code, this zip code, and boom, here's a list. Genius for a trash man who, commodit- man who commoditizes women based on just sex acts but does nothing for women who actually want any kind of humanity and relationship and loyalty and, and the men who are seeking somebody who's compatible on other things that matter far more. Let's be honest, sex in itself, it's a nice thing, but it's fairly boring. Everybody's doing the same stuff, give or take, unless you have very, very edge of the end of the bell curve desires, perhaps some fetish type stuff. It's just sex. (laughs) It's, it's not, you know, Um, So this site reduced women to that and the men would go there to shop and it was very difficult to keep a regular because they'd just go back there to search this genius database and it reduced men too. I watched them get tackier and tackier over the years thinking women were just a series of holes. Mm. I watched what it did and it was not good. It, It took the humanity out of humans and that's not good for anybody. So I didn't want to be part of it. Uh, the guy started emailing me who owned it. I didn't know who he was. And he started saying, you want to be part of my site or you're not going to be able to make a living. I'm going to corner the market on this industry. And and slowly he was every month. It got more popular. He was advertising in front pages of magazines and on Howard Stern. And I don't think they knew what it was because I can't believe they would have taken his ads because it was blatantly illegal. Also, whether it should be or not is a different discussion, but it was, I mean, sex acts for money reduced to just sex acts for money is not legal. We can talk about whether it should be or not, but it's not. So I told him unceremoniously to go fuck himself, which probably wasn't smart, but I didn't know who he was. And I don't like being told by a person trying to control my life that they need to make money off me via reviews and that they need to reduce me to sex acts for money, which is never what I wanted to sell. I don't want to be meet people who are just buying sex acts for money. That's not what I want to be involved in. Right. Um, So I told him to go to hell basically. And he kept calling. And then he also asked me to come over for sex. And unfortunately for me, he lived only about 10 miles away from me. 
And apparently oh, he liked women that looked like me. So some of it was the perfect storm. If I had been a blonde living in New York and I had ignored his phone calls, none of this would have happened. But I poked a bear. And uh, <laughs> that's uh, anybody who knows me knows I don't I don't like to try to be forced and and being pimped basically. Oh, hell yeah, no. that is, that is a form of uh, sex trafficking in yeah, a way. He was. Yes, he was a pimp. So yes. um, he was the Andrew Tate of 20 years ago. Yes. So, you know, indirectly saying you're just charging for reviews. You know, the fucking FBI knows different. I mean, you're a pimp. You can, yeah. you can dress it up any way you want, but you're, you're reducing women to sex for money and then you're taking money from the transaction. So come on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, always a piece of crap. And I didn't want to deal with a piece of crap or his crappy business. So I became pretty successful and then so did he. And I knew he didn't like me, but I never really thought that much about it. Year after year goes by. And in 2009, I'm going to say, 2009, 2010, I'm going to maybe get the year wrong. But anyway, it was just a little more than a decade ago. A client of mine from New York called and said, hey, I'm not trying to stalk you online or anything, but I just found out that your legal name.com, my legal name, which is not Amy Taylor, obviously, um, uh, was bought, my name.com, and somebody made a copy of amytaylor.com, but the text has changed. So I go and I type it in, look it up, and it's a nightmare. It says uh, my address. Oh my god! That I'm a drug addict, and that I my favorite one was it said I sleep with animals, which is interesting. I do not. Um, uh, it's it had a picture of my home. It uh, outed my parents. It just a lot of. It said that I failed out of a place called Berkeley Community College, which does not exist, and it was an altered transcript from this fake college. I went to UC Berkeley undergrad, and it said right. that. And I failed my classes, which I'm not sure why they cared about. I guess I'm sort of proud of my education and maybe they wanted to hurt me that way, but whatever. The last page of it said, email this address, the truth about Amy Taylor at yahoo.com. And if you don't email us, things will just get worse for you, Amy. Fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. I email it thinking, I don't know who this is. It is who did this to me. Is, is this a colleague, a jealous woman? Mm-hmm. Is this, did I take a deposit from a client and then, never see him and he couldn't get in touch with me did I accidentally steal like I couldn't racking my brain um and then a colleague in the business a relatively ethical guy who owns a website but is not a piece of crap emailed me and said hey I think the owner of TER the erotic review is behind this and I was gobsmacked I knew he didn't like me but I didn't know he was he cared about me that much anymore so at the time I was uh so anyway I called my lawyers and said I this has to come down meanwhile the person sent mail, paper mail to my parents, outed me to that. They did not speak to me for two and a half years. We talk now, but mm-hmm. I'm lucky they love me, but it was a disaster. They sent um, stuff to the guy I was dating at the time. I was, I had met somebody and was trying to retire and we had gotten pregnant and uh, I miscarried oh. because of the stress. We had a son. Oh my God. I'm so he'd sorry. Be, he'd be, he'd be 13 now. So, oh. um, and that guy got so scared of all this that he moved to Seattle um, I think he lives in the Pacific Northwest now. We don't talk anymore. He knew the boyfriend knew what I did, but I was trying to gear up to retire. And I thought I could marry this guy and fall in love and that we would just kind of make it work. And we were going to try, but then this happened. So I called my lawyers and I said, this has to come down. Uh, and he said, the only way to get it down is to subpoena to find out who owns it, which means we got to file a lawsuit and a police report would be good too, because we can say that your life is in danger. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's going to, I'm going to have to talk to cops and I'm going to out myself on public record as suing. And he said, well, we can sue as a Jane Doe because you're, you can make the claim that your life is being dangered, but yes, you're going to have to talk to police. And that could, who knows what that'll do to you. And I said, well, I got no choice. So let's do both. So we sued and we filed a police report. We did both. 
And I threw myself on the mercy of the law and they, you know, don't like me much, but they realized this person was obviously worse than me. I'm a C minus. This was an F, I guess. So they right. made a call to not, you know, ruin my life. Thanks to them. And I picked up and moved to Phoenix. I'm a pilot. And so I just flew, got some extra licenses and then taught in Vegas and just left LA. Mm-hmm. The great recession was happening. So it was kind of a good time to do that anyway. So all this is happening. We sue. It's taking a couple of years, cost me a couple hundred grand. We won a judgment. We found out it was the owner of the erotic review that did this to me. When I found out, I was so mad. I was in the grocery store. I remember I was buying lettuce in a bag, those pre-made salads. And against my lawyer's advice, I called David, the owner of the erotic review. You did. Yeah, because I'm stupid. And I called him and he said, I didn't do it to you, but I know who did. And if you come over to my house and have sex with me. So I said, I'm going to fucking destroy you. I didn't mean kill him. Nothing illegal. illegal. And so then we won the lawsuit. I never spoke to him again. We won the lawsuit. I think he still owes me like 40 grand or something. I can't remember, but I was never about money. I never collected a judgment. I don't care about money. Uh, And then this was like 2010 by then. It was Valentine's Day, I think, or close. Just about Valentine's Day. And I was driving home from the airport in Phoenix to the pilot apartment and my lawyer calls and he's on the phone with the DA, the district attorney in Phoenix. And he said, I need you to pull over. I was driving and uh, I pull over and he says, uh, David, the owner of the erotic review is driving to Phoenix right now to kill you. Oh my God. Yeah. So I said, what do I do? And he, uh, I they put me in touch with the major offenders unit and a bunch of very uh, scary like secret they're police but they're like i don't know swat team kind of police Mm -hmm. not like normal cops and i guess david elms couldn't fly because he had apparently gotten some kind of arrest in 2006 for rape i don't know about all that but he was driving to phoenix to buy it turned out he was a drug addict and he collected automatic weapons and he i mean he was a very very bad person and i didn't know any of that obviously if i had known i wouldn't have poked a bear years ago I didn't know who I was fucking with. You know, you're young and stupid, right? Right, right. So he gets to Phoenix that night and I'm holed up uh, with them. And they, he was late, I guess. And they arrest, they intercepted him and arrested him. And he went to jail. A judge let him out on bail, which he paid. And then he had left the country for a while. I guess he had a wife at the time, apparently. I didn't know that either, but. um, A wife and he was harassing, like. Yeah, he was just a gross, gross human being. So they left the country and then I was like, okay, well, that's it. I'm dead. But he then made a mistake or it was, I guess, a gift from God. He came across the border in San Diego. (laughs) This is months later and I'm living in terror the whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He um, came across the border in San Diego four days after they instituted the law that you needed a passport. You didn't used to need a passport. to cross. Yes, I remember that law. Yeah. Well, and he didn't have one. And so the fugitive unit arrested him in San Diego because he had skipped bail and all that. He had skipped his whole court case. So then they put him in real jail. I was told he went to like Arpaio's outdoor camp where they had to wear the pink outfits and all that stuff you read about the news. And I'm not sure if that's true or whatever, but the victim services unit lets me know where he is forever I have that right oh good Um, I know and I do know something about how he's rebuilt his life in the years since um he was on probation for some years and I don't know I don't think he still is but my understanding is he's rebuilt a better life he has a child who's I think at college age now so maybe 
I think he got off drugs, I'm told, and has not bothered me yet and maybe decided to be a different person, which I hope. Right. Um, I had maybe it was the drugs because sometimes people um yeah, makes people and the money. I'm not trying to give him an excuse. What he did was terrible, and I'm so sorry that happened. Um, I myself have told people no like that, and it's a shame that as women, you know, this is our body, our right. We have the right to say no. And in that situation, you had the right to say no. Like, no, you're not going to go to somebody's house and just, you know, you didn't consent to that. And because of that, here you are getting harassed and stalked and your life threatened. So I've learned in my 46 years on planet Earth that there are people, not just men, but there are people when you're self-possessed and you want to be in control of your life, there are people who just fucking hate you for that yeah it's it's not the majority thank god but there are some people who they want to control other people and if they can't they want them dead yes Um, like pimps or there are women like that that i mean i've been harmed by women oh i've been i've been in la i had to put a civil lawsuit against a woman one time that i brought in to make money that yeah. was the craziest thing. I, I brought her in on a, something. Um, it was like a bachelor party and she made a crazy amount of money too. And then she still, again, like everything was going good in my life and she still came at me. So I, I know what you're talking about. There's people and they're just, they're broken inside and they don't, I don't know. They have like a sense of jealousy or evilness about them. Yeah. I think some people love power and power is utterly uninteresting to me i have no desire to control another human being like ever in the bedroom and that's a fun game but that's not real yeah but yeah i think i don't know this woman if she was envious of you or if she was also on drugs i'm not sure about people like that and thank god they're not many of them but um if somebody has like a lust for power over others it's usually not going to go well for them because most of us have a sort of innate human desire to be in control of our own destinies to some degree I mean, even children do watch a toddler. They don't like to be told what to do, right? Right. We need some structure. And I think um, the world is becoming more collaborative and less hierarchical. And certain worlds perhaps need some hierarchy. The military, for example, if you're in the trenches getting shot out, it's probably not the, uh, the time to argue with your boss. Right. <laughs> but the world is not mostly the trenches. You you can be collaborative. I'm a pilot. And the first officer and the captain, even though the captain is in, is more experienced, they are a team to fly that plane safely. The first officer does have the right to question the captain and that produces better safety outcomes. So one of the things about the companionship industry is it's incredibly decentralized. Part of that's the unfortunate consequences of the legal, the legal status it suffers from is that the, the top bosses tend to get taken out. But the, the unintended good consequence of that is because it's decentralized, there isn't really one major billionaire CEO somewhere and uh that's good so uh i i just didn't want to be controlled by a pimp and uh the law viewed that as correct and him as wrong why he was so obsessed with me when there was literally hundreds of thousands of other women many of whom he had power over i think he was mad that i was telling women they didn't want to they didn't need to be part of that site if they didn't want some women loved being part of that site and still do and that's cool fine you do you yeah their prerogative he wanted to corner the market it was much like this Andrew Tate now it was yes. the world was not enough and whether that was a drug-fueled grandiose narcissism or he just was greedy I mean he didn't have a big house he 
most of the money was offshored. Uh, I don't know what that was where he couldn't just be content with enough, but greed is a, is a sort of sickness and he wanted, I don't know if a woman hurt him when he was young and he hated women. There might I think been- also the combo, if he was on drug, what type of, do you know what type of drugs he was on? I think lots, but he had the pock marks, which is typically meth, right? Oh, okay. And I'm not trying, when I, when I say it's the drugs or whatever, I'm not trying to defend his actions. So I just, <laughs> right, right. I'm just trying to, um, oh, yeah, clarify. they make people crazy. Yeah, meth does make people crazy. And I remember when I first went to Vegas and I danced, it was the reason I never cared working in Vegas. And I was a stripper when I was in Vegas is I would see these beautiful girls and they would come out and then you see them six months later on meth. And it's a totally different person and they can't get out of the locker room. And it's a very sad thing, you know, drugs ruin everything good. The only companions I've ever known who do not end up okay. It's drugs every time. Yeah. For the most part, if you don't do drugs, even trauma, even ups and downs in life, which happen to all of us, mm-hmm. most almost everybody I know is is more or less okay in life. Whether whatever, if they married rich or retired or lost all their money or had whatever, they they're fine. But the drugs, they're either dead or in prison or right. Yeah, strong. It's out. never good. It's never um, drugs. Good. Yeah, and in any occupation, it doesn't even need to be in the adult industry. I've drugs have you know just ruined a lot of things for people I know. Um, kids just say no they mean it and that's not to say I never got drunk in Vegas and lit up a little but you can have a lot of fun in life with a little bit of mitigation you don't have to become a meth addict you can just smoke a little weed and not every single day right right exactly gambling I, Anything that's got a hold of you that you're doing a lot, food, I mean, mitigation, right? I mean, I know women in this business who their greed gets the best in them and they go serving every single client that calls and they're out of control wanting all the money and then bad things happen. I mean, you have to mitigate anything addictive and that can be tough to do, right? I think maybe prison forced this piece of shit to change his life. Uh, Well, hopefully, and and hopefully you're safe, you know, from now on. Right. Um, I wanted to say, because you, you had something um, very smart that you said. So during the pandemic, I got more online, more online, and I have seen a new level of greed with sex workers that I've never seen with companions that I never even seen with strippers. And you had a good point you just said about not taking every single client being selective. Um, and I think that's really important for education wise, because like you said that, you know, some women, they tend to see everybody and then there's a problem. Um, yeah. You know, in order to be a proper companion, a proper companion what's the proper word for me to say, a successful companion is having the proper boundaries. Yeah. And you, um, you have been able to maintain that you haven't had any issues, no problems, you know, other than that TER event, but really that wasn't a client at all. I never actually met him. The, I remember the cops thought he was like my boyfriend or something. I was like, dude, I've never met this guy. So you never even met him. This is the craziest thing. Now, the first time I ever saw what he looked like was when I saw his mugshot. So no, about, about controlling one's own greed. So I understand that they say most of the women and men who get in this are here for a short time to pay off some bills. They don't really care about like 
branding something successful and long-term, that's totally cool. In which case, yeah, I mean, work a lot for a month and then do other things. But for me, it was a lifestyle. I I am literally attracted to slightly older, very successful men who provide for me. That is what I would have married if I had gotten married. It's what I dated before I did this. Um, so seeing everybody in fast would have lost me those men. Those kind of men don't want somebody that everyone can have. They would run from that. They wouldn't want it if it was free. So limiting who has access to me was how I was able to get better people. Now, I'm sure there are people who made more money than I did. That's fine. I don't have super high expenses. Don't have kids. Don't do drugs. Don't collect Ferraris. Um, I make enough to survive, but I control my spending so that I can wait for the good guys and I don't have to see somebody who's bad. And I've never met anybody bad. There are people I got along with better than others, but if you're, I knew enough about luxury branding and marketing and I knew that I had what it took to be one because I already knew that rich, rich titans of industry liked me. I knew that before I was an escort because that's who liked me already. Right. Um, so beyond, first you have to have the quality. You have to be something they like, which means right. you got to look the way they like. You got to speak the way they like. You got to have good table manners, all that stuff. Otherwise, you're never going to get them because they don't like you what, you what you are. So that was already done. I was raised, you know, ballet, piano. I speak French. I already had the the ability to be a Birkin bag, so to speak, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Oh, Rolex. Whatever. Um, but then how do you find them? The internet is not great. The internet is accessible by everybody. And 99.99% of them are not the kind of men who would meet, would, would see value in me, nor would I want to serve them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I should have worked for an upscale agency, but I, like I told you earlier, I couldn't find one. So what I knew was that I would have to sift through 10,000 pe- emails to find the one who was wanted me and I wanted them. And, and that took a lot of work, but I did it. It took years. Um, but once they met me, they all liked me. There was no problem there. Right. But you're right. Having boundaries, uh, it was the way to keep them. Cause again, rich men don't want what is accessible to everybody. Um, they have plenty of money. The money's not the issue. It's that they don't want something that they don't go to Walmart, so to speak. There's nothing wrong with Walmart. I've gone right. there. But right. I'm, not, I'm not that rich. Right. Yeah. But I served people who are rich. Uh, there's a reason somebody pays 15,000 bucks an hour on a private jet when they could get to the same place for $600 on Southwest. They don't want to be around the people on Southwest. Now, whether that's good or bad is a different discussion, but yeah. they are willing to pay to join the, the California club to, to be ar- around the right people to live in the right zip codes um, accessibility is important to them. So if you are a woman who wants those kind of men and you, and then you make yourself available to everybody, you, they will never stay with you. They might see you once or twice if it's fun, but they won't take you seriously. I've talked to rich men about what they think about lower end women. They, they think they're just meaningless. And a lot of the men are just, they want to be careful too. They don't want, there's, I've noticed that generally men are simple. They don't want issues. They don't want problems. Um, also, they want to pay to, for the girl to leave, not necessarily move in. Yes. And, and then there's the obvious thing of, you know, risk and exposure. And right. um, you understand the hierarchy thing. Well, just because you see more people doesn't mean, just because you see fewer people doesn't mean nothing can happen. Yeah, but we all took statistics in college. We all took math classes. If you, if you spin the Russian roulette gun more times, you're going to get the bullet more. So if you see more men, there is more exposure and there is more risk. That's just math. I'm not being a snob. It's just math. Right. So, and and these men aren't stupid. They don't want to see somebody who sees a hundred guys. 
Yeah. Uh, and they won't spend big money on somebody who does. That said, you can still get dumped. So still save your money and look after yourself because there's no guarantees in the world anyway. Right. Um, but I just knew for me that the, the brand tier I liked and wanted to be in was, was serving a more upscale man for a vacation or a dinner, not for an hour. It's, I can't get comfortable in an hour. It's just not who I am. Right. You do have a great personality, by the way, I have to say that I can't see just, I can't see just talking to you just for an hour. In fact, I made this. I mean, I like people. I'm, 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 I've monetized my loneliness. I'm very emotionally available and I want Mm -hmm. people to like that. Yeah. So, So I was just catering to what I wanted to serve and there is a market for that. That said, I, I know girls who do one hour for a thousand bucks and see four guys a day and they make way more money than I've ever made. So right. the way I've done it is not necessarily the smartest. It's I'm sure not the most lucrative. Right. But well, everybody in work for me. everybody I've noticed with every form of sex work that I have done that is different. Everybody. And that's why I made the podcast to educate everybody you do what you're comfortable with you never do and that's what you've been doing and and that's kind of what I want to preach now you know for anybody to listen that they're brand new you never want to do anything that you don't feel uncomfortable with so if you don't feel comfortable with with just people in and out then just don't do that if that's not your cup of tea that's not your yeah it's nothing wrong because you are independent you are in charge there's you have no boss Nobody's in charge of you. And one thing I wanted to note that you did say is you were aware about your bills. You never spent too much money. So obviously you've been for many years, you know, um, not living beyond your means, which is very important. A lot of people get into sex work and then they get the money and then they're blowing it right away um, through the years. So that's a very important thing that you've said also to be reasonable with, you know. Well, I mean, that's true. No matter whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or a sex worker Mm -hmm. or uh you budgeting i th- i think innumeracy is a real problem in the world and by innumeracy i mean illiteracy but with numbers not understanding debt and apr and not doing a budget and playing ostrich and yeah and thinking that money's going to come forever easily you know recessions happen i mean i'm i'm eastern european wars happen hasn't happened on our soil yet hopefully never will or not in my lifetime but the you must save and you must avoid bad debt ideally all dead, unless it's 0%. Um, you must not over leverage yourself. People love leverage, but then recessions hit and the ones who are over leveraged end up really hurting. I mean, yeah, you, the, the, I mean, I'm not addicted to shopping. I would rather spend the weekend doing yoga or hanging out with friends than going like to shop for clothes. So I'm sort of lucky that that's not that interesting to me. I have enough mm-hmm. nice clothes to look good when I go to fancy places to serve rich men. But in my own life, give me Lululemons. Um, mm-hmm. I can spend a lot of money on experiences. Uh, if I were a billionaire, yeah, I would travel and I would travel nice. I'd be at the Amman hotels by private jet. But I'm not nearly that wealthy and I never will be. So um, the few times I've been able to do it, it's been because some guy could afford it. And I'm grateful for those. But I was always well aware. You must remember as a beautiful woman that the, a rich guy who's being nice to you, that is his life, not yours. You are no more as rich as him, as his pilots or his house manager or his cook, you are a service, you are staff. And to forget that and think that you are the wifey and that half of his money is yours is very stupid because you are not. Uh, I have seen a lot of companions, 
easy in, easy out. They, and I've heard all the arguments that, you know, a Birkin bag is an investment and a Cartier bracelet you can sell. Yeah, well, if the economy is good, you can sell. I've been through big recessions. Oh, yeah. And We're going through another one right now. Probably. And yes. sometimes, sometimes, no, that real estate is not that worth it. And the, and the bracelet can't be sold that easily. So right. you can never be 100% safe. But I think budgeting and saving is, is always a good move. And if, if your dopamine receptors get lit up by overspending, perhaps there's some psychological work that needs to be done to find another way to get happy. I love exercise. That makes me happy. And it's either cheap or free. Uh, other people find other ways, you know, get a dog, find love or, you know, <laughs> um, but if your ways of getting happy involve spending yourself into the poorhouse, that's probably not going to serve well long-term. So. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing that I see people get into sex work now and spend, 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 and they think the money's going to last forever. And I'll never forget when I first started the business, I realized this is all going to end. Mind you, I started in 1995 and I'm like, it's still going on. I mean, you look great. So, you know, and look, dude, never a better time to be a, a middle-aged lady. Like people love, I get hit on every single day, everywhere. Yes, I- let's yeah. touch on that because um, I found it was very, very interesting. The older I get, the hustle came. All of a sudden I knew how to interact better with people. Like it was like the words came out of my mouth more fresher when I've talked to different uh, people and also um the now younger guys are are you getting any younger guys oh that just started like five years ago Uh, yeah Yeah. um all the time and uh they're lovely they're much more progressive they're more modern they're more feminist unfortunately Mm -hmm. they don't tend to be as wealthy unless they've got trust fund or some kind of luck so if you're looking to like really make a lot of money, you're probably going to need to serve old dudes. But, um, but again, nothing's always true. Right. Um, right. yeah, I you know young men and in my regular life every day, young men. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, I'm suspicious if they think I'm going to pay their bills. Like, are they gold diggers? I don't know. Um, but for sure it's, it's happened a lot. And then still older men too. Again, I just turned 46. So like a lot of like mid fifties, like a decade older than me, but not mm-hmm. like super old yet. Uh, but people are attracted to friendly, healthy, and happy. And those yes. don't require you to be young. Yeah. So, you know, open your heart, take care of your health. And, uh, you know, the vibe, you go out, go outside and like smile at people and watch like how many friends you can make. Not just guys, but friends. Right. I mean, not that hard and you don't have to be young. Yeah, no, no, you're right about that. And people do want people that are friendly. That's so important. Yeah, with a personality, because I've I've come across every type of sex worker, and it amazes me now um, because of this online world. Some when I do talk to some people that are online, they have no person. I'm like, what? What? It's just a, it's a whole different breed of, you know. Because I, I guess beautiful enough. So like models, it's mm-hmm. a picture. You don't. Although models are branding themselves now too, but back in the day. Yeah. It was just about the picture. You don't, doesn't matter what language you speak. Doesn't matter if you're interesting. If, but people get pretty sick of the same content. So that doesn't last you forever. So yes. yeah, I mean, you know who kills it? I mean, look at salespeople. Most, I mean, look, everybody wants to do business of any kind or, or spend time of any kind with people they like. So mm-hmm. we're all selling the same thing in online yeah. and offline sex work, companionship work, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's hot. Everybody's doing the same stuff. 
Right. The only way to differentiate yourself is personality. That's it. Yep. It's to be who you are, open yourself up, put it out there, hang your shingle and see who likes you. Some will, some won't. If no one likes you, you probably have a shitty personality. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personality is always the differentiator. Like any, ask any real estate agent or insurance salesman or basically anybody. There's always yeah. competition. There's always somebody selling what you're selling. People do business with people they like. And they could relate to. That's another thing they feel like that they can sure. relate to. That's being relatable and down to earth and um, being able to hold a conversation. That's, that's yeah, and sex work has tears. There are men who, and not very many didn't like me, but I was a little bit like Euro trash snobby for some with the French speaking and the piano and the ballet. And some guys are like, I want somebody who's into like country line dancing in the military. And uh, that's fine. That's totally yeah. cool. Um, so, but the great thing is there's lots of us. So the best thing you can do in sex work, just like any business is to be authentic and not lie. Don't say you're what you're not because somebody's going to like what you are and, and clients don't lie and act when you're trying to meet somebody like be who you are. Somebody will like it. And the ones who don't fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it's true. It's, it's somebody is for everybody and then just be yourself and be authentic. What do you think? This is what I wanted to ask. Um, what do you feel like? Cause there's been an argument about legalizing prostitution. Um, you know, we have, we have seen in our generation weed being legal and that's been really, it's, I remember being a teenager and like people getting in trouble for weed. And now all of a sudden stores are everywhere. Look, you should see how crazy New York is right now. Um, I'm kind of personally scared of prostitution ever being legalized personally um, because I am Hispanic and I see how the black and brown community are, you know, treated differently than the white community. What is your thoughts, your feelings? Um, That's just my personal belief. Some people argue with me and but you know, I am a Hispanic woman. I know how, you know, how hard it is. And it's kind of a white woman's world. And that's truth be told. Um, White women do have an easier time in sex work altogether as a whole. So I kind of fear it being legalized. But could you share with me what you feel like in your opinion, and I'm not going to judge, I just like to hear it, um, what you feel like this country needs to do for the legalization? Let me understand you. You feel like if it would be legalized, the those who have hegemony unfortunately still whites i'm gonna get a bunch of hate for saying unfortunately so go ahead internet at me yeah Um, so you feel like if it were legal those with like better lawyers and more legal power would do better than traditionally black and brown people um so this is it this is what this is what i'm gonna say basically um it's really hard for black and brown women as a whole in the sex worker business. It just, yeah. it really is. It's, um, and I could speak, I am lighter skin, a lighter skin Latina, but I used when back 20 years ago, I used to have to look like a white girl to go in the strip club to be able to work. And I, I knew what I had to do. This is what I had to do. I had to put, remember one time blue contact lens just to play it off. Like that's how bad it was for me. This was 20, you know, over 20 years ago. Now things are different. Unfortunately, my thing is, the price would go down dramatically, such as Canada. So I remember I would, when I first moved here to New York, I joined swap of Brooklyn. I wasn't crazy about it at all. They, I just was not personally, I was not crazy about swap of Brooklyn. I was not treated very well. They could come at me, Amy, don't worry. Like, 
But they had this argument and I'm arguing with a bunch of white women and saying, hey, you know, if it, and these are all girls, you know, these are all like girls, probably 10, 15 young, years younger than me. And I'm like, look, the cost would go down a bit. You guys want a thousand an hour, you know, look at Canada. Look how much they charge in Canada. The price is going to go way lower. And so I knew, a lot, you know, me and myself, um, Hispanic women and black women, sometimes we cannot get what a white woman gets. It's a struggle. It's hard. You know, it's a lot of branding. It's a lot of marketing. It's a lot more work than what a white woman could just show up and, you know, boom, here I am. But um, that's what I'm afraid of with legalization. The price going down. Yeah. The majority was, it's what, six, I got to look it up, but let's say the country's about 65% Caucasian right now. Yeah. Whatever the number is today, it was 20 years ago, 80% white. So right. there's a thing to say, demography is destiny. Demography indicates everything. So right. when a country is 80% white, as it was when you started and a little tiny bit later when I first started, yeah. if the majority of people are white and the ones with money are almost 100% white, which yeah. they were and, and still are overwhelmingly white, CEOs, mm-hmm. politicians, it's still very much white. That's changing. Yeah. And it is changing. It is a big change from, yeah. If you're chasing the money and the power, you're, you're going to be chasing white guys. And mm-hmm. people are affiliative. They tend to want to be with people that are similar to them culturally and visibly. So mm-hmm. they do like white women. Yes, if you're tall, skinny, and blonde, you do make more in this business because the richest men are tall, skinny, and British, Scottish, Irish. Yeah. <laughs> but that changes, and you can see it. Um mm-hmm. So I live in a majority Latino place, Miami, Los Angeles. Yeah. Not at all the majority. And the standards of beauty, for instance, are Latino now. They like long, thick, dark hair. Oh, no. In LA, like I said earlier, I did very, very well in LA, but things are different. I see it. I I had it. It's considered more desirable than mine in LA. Witness the the prevalence of extensions. Everybody wants Latino hair now. You didn't used to need extensions because white girls don't have a lot of hair and nobody used to care. Now everybody wants thick black hair because the majority dictates the beauty standards right right black people are what 10 percent of america mm-hmm. but black people are on the come up and the more of them mm-hmm. have money and power they will dictate what is considered sexually desirable and therefore what can be paid for the crux right. of this business is if nobody desires you physically you ain't gonna get paid so i'm half jewish Jews are a very small percentage of people, and there's not a right. lot of guys saying, "Yeah, I really want a chick with a round nose." And uh, <laughs> I'm an Eastern European Jew, so I'm slightly annoying and slightly scary. And right. <laughs> jokes aside, I am not majority beautiful except for my body. I have a very mm-hmm. conventionally ballet body, and that's pretty much why guys saw me. I would have made way more if I was blonde. I know that. I did okay not being blonde. And now I'm older. There's just less men who want to see somebody who's 46. It's not that they're not great men. It's not that they don't like me. There's just fewer of them. If you're black, there's fewer men who want to see you. It doesn't mean there aren't some great ones. You're just going to do more work to find them. If you are a skinny 27-year-old blonde living in Manhattan, there's a zillion guys who want you. It's going to be easier. Now, if it's legalized... And you do, well, like Australia, you have brothels. Yeah, they're probably going to want to hire mostly what brings the guys through the door, which is going to be skinny blondes in their 20s. That's what I'm afraid of for the, if it was. And that's no, why I had to argue. It's never been fair and never will be. Um, right. 
And the demography, again, is destiny. If this country becomes majority Latino, they will dictate the standards of beauties. And I suspect, I don't know, maybe I won't be here anymore if that happens. I can't predict the future, but if that happens, then Latina standards of beauties will be the majority and everybody will be dying their hair black and getting extensions and trying to look (laughs) Latina, I guess. I I have no idea. Um, But demography is for sure destiny. America is two thirds white. Uh, if you look at who, if you look at wealth, the distribution of wealth, yes, still much of it because of history and hegemony, most of it is in the hands of white. And again, the internet's going to yell at me this for this, but I'm right. So if you're chasing who has the money, you are majority, not all majority chasing white guys. And so you got to be what they like. And mm-hmm. there are exceptions. There are white guys who like non-white girls, women, sorry, non, but, um, I hate that I call them girls. I'm such a sexist. I'm working on that's it. O- that's okay. <laughs> or, um, or different uh, female, you know, different females. Yeah. Well, and I think men also like variety. So you do have yes. the chance to see a guy who maybe thought he only liked white girls, but he took a chance and met you. And then if you got a great personality, he might stay with you. Yeah. I had clients who looked at my website for two years saying she's not pretty enough. She's not blonde. She's not Russian with mile long legs. She's not my type physically. They took a chance and met me. And guess what? They liked all this nonsense personality. <laughs> and they saw me for years. Yes. So get in the door. I saw lots of guys who would have preferred that I be younger, blonder, taller. Right. But I got them on personality. because Oh, that's, to- that's how I am too. Yeah, I get them on. <laughs> and then some I didn't, you know. Right. Um, you got to have a thick skin if you're in sales of any kind. Some aren't going to like you. Right. And I mean, if you're, I think the, the black girls I know who do really well, they fully market being exotic. They go, yeah, I'm not a white skinny blonde girl. And, and, you know, you're going to be shocked how much you like me. And, and I think to, I don't know, I'm not then, but I think to some extent it works. I think again, back to my earlier comment about authenticity, mm-hmm. one has to stand in one's truth and embrace what one is and wait for somebody who likes it and not worry too much about the ones who don't because success in this business is, is usually from a couple of whales. That's where the big money is. And it's, you know, it's not from 500 hobbyists who see you once. That's not a sustainable business for long. Yes. It's going to be the five or six guys who thought they couldn't live without you. And that is just the one who it can't be anybody for him, but you. And that's usually going to be in the way that you treat him and how he feels your heart. And yeah, yeah. The physicality is there. You can't be hideous and you can't be boring. Right. It's, it's going to be, once again, it's going to be personality. I mean, it's- yeah, no, that's, that's beautifully fed. My, no, my concern with the legalization is just the money going down and it yeah. being more and more difficult for black and brown um, women. Cause you know, they, they were really fighting I mean, for it to be legalized saying that's going to end all the problems. There's nobody's going to get, you know, right now, um, I think New York, New York, I believe they changed the law where they just don't, um, it's not that they legalize it is it's like you can report a crime if something happened to you. And as long as you don't, from my understanding, as long as you don't share it in call. Yeah. I mean, so legalization will not reduce all problems. There's problems in every single industry, including ours. And, um, you can look to, so it's not a mystery. You can look to countries that have done it. Mm-hmm. whether how you do it whether you legalize in call and you like have brothels kind of like strip clubs that's sort of what right. australia does 
alcohol is not legitimized, although alcohol still happens because guys are still going to always want you to come to the Mandarin and they don't want to, not all men want to go to a brothel. They don't want to see other dudes. So again, whatever you remains illegitimate will still happen, but it will reduce things. It will reduce things. I know people that are DACA that are dreamers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There are entire websites where clients, bad clients, trade information on who's DACA so they know that <gasps> who they can rape and rip off because they know that that woman cannot go to the authorities because she will get deported. So <gasps> that is happening right now. Oh my God. Are you for real? Yeah, absolutely. I've talked to several of them who don't know what to do because they're on, they're on these lists of guys who are abusing them and, and they need money because they're trying to go to college but this is happening to them. So that stuff will get reduced by legalization. And that is my concern. I'm interested in this being safer and fewer people dying. And then right. we can talk about stigma and income and who makes more and all the other things, right, that right, right. but not as much as death, death and, right. and harm is what matters the most. So you could also legalize alcohol and not legalize in call, right? Not have brothels, but only legalize like alcohol type escorting. And how would they control? That was to be the issue. I think that's what goes on more in London. I might get this wrong. I don't think London has official brothels. I'm sure they exist. Um, the, the, the new one in LA is karaoke. I, Not really I karaoke. know um, in London, because I've seen a commercial, they can't work, like two girls can't work at the same end call. Like I saw a commercial. Yeah, like a that like a like a brothel, right? Yeah, sucks because you can't keep each other safe, and I mean it's unintended consequences are my favorite thing on earth. So, however you do it, there will continue to be problems. You gave the analogy of the weed industry; the price is up, and some people think the ease of ease of purchase is down. So apparently, there still is an illicit weed trade. It hasn't been diminished completely, Mm -hmm. but I think the weed business is epically better legitimized than it was. Yeah. You're right about that. Incarcerating people for it was wrong. Uh, waiting for your dealer at 3am in a parking lot forever and hoping you got something was stupid. It is better. And, and let's not let perfect be the enemy of good. Um, I think I know a lot of sex workers who would like very much to be more part of the economy instead of having to worry about, income issues and tax issues and they want to invest they want to buy homes the government always likes their tax revenue like Mm -hmm. so whatever fear there is and yeah prices might come down they might not they're about prices are pretty on par in the countries where it's more legitimate and 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 not criminalized they're they're not the prices aren't that different um i think there's no way in which criminalizing it makes it better and and that said, there will still definitely be problems. The law is a living creature, you know, work in progress all the time. It will not be perfect, probably ever. But I don't think anybody can say that the current situation of criminalization is ideal. And the reason we know it's not is because most of the civilized world has done better with sex work. We can look to Canada and Australia and Europe and countries that have done it smarter and better, and the, the people involved in it are safer. Um, and so there's, there's no mystery to me that it would be an improvement, even if it would still have a lot of issues. I worry, of course, that it would legitimize abusive pimps, right? Dennis Hoff, before he died in Nevada, was not a good guy. Yeah. Um, that is a problem. If you yeah. have no ability to take guys out, that, out, like take them out with the law. I tend to also think if you legitimized it, you would have more competition and maybe better people would get in it because they, you know, the best, smartest, most ethical people are not going to get in this industry because of the criminal risk. 
So if you legitimize it and they would be willing to be in it, maybe you would have more competition and that would get ferret out bad actors better. I think, again, weed is the analogy with corporate actors in it and they can just take each other to court. So each other over business disputes, they don't have to go and like try to kill each other. Yeah, that's true. With weed now, they could just take it to a civil court. That's usually better than the drug analogy in, in the Netherlands. It's legal and you do have fewer problems and less violence. Not zero, not zero, but less. Um, I took a chance and went after David Elms when he was trying to take away my life, literally. But uh, most do not. Most women do not go after the guys who are trying to harm them and control them and take their money. And the reason they don't is the law. And uh, there's no question to me that that has to end. Yes. Uh, and with 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 this being industry being legitimized and workers knowing that they could come forward about workplace abuses without fear of prosecution, this would be this would be a better industry. No, no question. I don't I don't think that's subject to debate. But mm-hmm. again, uh, whether it makes inequity worse, I just don't know. I think inequity, racial, ageism, uh, the market's going to speak pretty brutally on what's desirable and mm. who makes the most. And that's well, you, you did touch a point that now we are at 65% Caucasian. I, in the 20 years since I have started, I have seen a change in, um, I have personally seen a change in different clients, different types of, when I started, when I was young, it was all older white men. And now I'm seeing an assortment of men that I never saw 20 Yes, yes. Now I see like an assortment of different men that are my, whether they're online, you know, wherever, um, I'm seeing an assortment of people. So you're right about that. It is changing. I just, as a, when I started, things were a lot different. And I remember, like, I remember when Eros first started in 1997. I remember when that site first came about and then when the owners changed, remember when that you could call in and they were somewhere in North Carolina, like. Yeah. He, uh, Hewling. Yeah. That was after Stormy. I loved Stormy and I wish her well in her retirement. She got out at a good time to get out. She was, she was legendary. Um, Not that all women running things in this business, there's some women who are pretty awful too, but she was, she was lovely, ethical, calm. If, it, this business needs more like more people like Stormy. And, yeah, uh, she was a good person. All the best as she's doing other things in life now. But yeah, I mean, so demography is destiny. It'll continue to change. I think one has to be honest too. If I've known women that they got older and maybe nobody wanted them as like a sugar baby to like impress and take out to dinners and pretend they were the first guy to ever fly them private or the first guy to take them to the Broadway show or the Vegas show the sugar baby thing wasn't really appropriate for them in their fifties and sixties. So they became a dominatrix or they started doing, doing like Nuru or massage or um, you, one has to be honest. If nobody wants what you're selling, you're, and you're trying different places, different marketing methods, there is a certain amount of humiliation that it you have to let in to, right. to tell yourself that maybe you need to adjust your business taxes. I think they, what do they call it? Market testing. I'm going to get the word wrong, but you have to make sure the market wants what you're selling. It can't just be your idea. It has to have a, there have to be people who want it, right? Yes, that is, that is key. You do have to, I'll never forget. Somebody tried telling me they were going to dress like a clown one time. And I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, girl, like. I mean, sure. I was like, like right. I tried for like two hours to be a stripper. I went to a club. They, uh-huh. they hired me immediately because I was young. Uh-huh. I hated it. I got on stage and it was these guys looking at me who were only giving me like five bucks. I was like, that's too cheap. And I can't dance. I'm not a good dancer. I can't wear those shoes. I hate them. I felt like a dork. I got off stage. I went to the locker room, packed up my stuff. I got a W-2 from them that year because I did work there for two hours. And I made like $72 in like an hour and a half, which was a uh-huh. lot of money at that age. Um, but I couldn't do it. And, right. and then I've known women who absolutely love to be worshipped on stage, dancing and adored by all these men. I don't like an audience. I like one-on-one. I, yeah. that's why I'm good at this. Yeah, with, I like dating. With, yeah. With each form of sex work, it really is up to the individual and you bottom line need to do what you're comfortable with, what you want to do. And you need to have a product, like you said, that people are going to want and. Yeah. And then you, like you said that you like, I'm here at, at my middle age after this insane career and the problems and the good stuff. I just want to humanize it. And I think I'm so, I admire so much what you're doing, Marcella, because when we show the world that we're human, yes, really think it makes it harder for them to kill us and, and to destroy us because say what you want about sex workers, folks, we're part of society. We always have been, we're also not a monolith as Marcella said, we're, we're, we're different types of workers we're also full human beings. We're mothers and yoga teachers and neighbors. We're, we're at your Whole Foods and we're people that you know. And, and we are part of some, I've been part of people's marriages. The reason they're still together is because the guy has an outlet in us. And you don't have to like that, but you have to admit that it's always been part of the fabric of society and it is always going to be. So I just... I think this podcast and, and those like it, I think I, I just want to show our humanity to whatever tiny degree I can. And thank you for doing that because maybe people will stop wanting to hunt us. And <laughs> Right, right. Give the witch hunt. So thank you so much, Amy. Can you please share with my audience how they can find you? Because this has just been a wonderful conversation. I know a lot of people, your Twitter, your IG or wherever people can find you just because so they can if you're on other podcasts too because you're a joy to listen to oh god well I'm chatty so thank you <laughs> really a beautiful one um yeah so you can find me on twitter amy taylor one I'm not as mean as I seem on twitter I could be a little terse um so yeah amy taylor one you can find me on instagram amy taylor la because that's where I currently live uh and uh, I think you can just google me amy taylor and uh so don't be a stranger folks I'm all right well thank you so much for being on get schooled yeah enjoy new york is it still cold uh some oh it's actually like 55 not too bad yeah i'm jealous i gotta come visit you <laughs>